listening to the Newbie Podcast, and this is a conversation between myself, Maria Fürhumpen, and researcher Ahmed Yalikapov. When we hear about the North Caucasus and Islam, many of us might think of Chechnya, of war, and of terrorism. But Islam in this area is so much more than that. And someone who knows this better than anyone is Ahmed Yalikapov. He is a senior researcher at the Moscow State Institute of International Relations and he has done extensive research on the topic of Islam in the North Caucasus area. So to start off the conversation, I asked Ahmed what Islam in this area looked like today. Yeah, the North Caucasus uh, is the part of Russia, very tiny. It comprises of 1.5% of territory of Russia. But it is the home for more than 10% of uh, its population. So here live more than 14 million people here. And uh, I think at least of half of them are Muslims. So 7 million at least wow. Muslims live here. Mm. Ahmed explains that in this area you find predominantly Sunni Muslims but of two different theological schools or madhabs. You find Hanafis, Shafi Muslims, Shia Muslims, and also different currents of Sufism. So it's really a region that has a big mix of different types of Islam living side by side. During the Soviet Union, it wasn't a lot of religious freedom. And then the Soviet Union fell. And how has that affected Islam in this area that all of a sudden you have sort of gotten back your religious freedom? First thing I should say, it's, uh, it was not a revival of Islam, it was re-Islamization. Mm. So people knew that they are Muslims, in theory, <laughs> but they were not practicing. So uh, it was re-Islamization, they became uh, Muslims uh, anew. And uh, because of re-Islamization, this mosaic was, you know, uh, growing. Mm. And we have uh, a new groups, uh, very, you know, strong Salafi groups here. Um, a lot of Salafi groups, they are not unite, you know. And um, uh, uh, followers of Hizbut Tahrir, you know, uh, Sulaymanji and other groups from the East came here, and uh, that the North Caucasus is home also for them. Mm. Yeah. So they became more influenced from different parts of the world. Of course, yeah. yeah. The North Caucasus opened, and uh, yeah. So, so now they have, in theory, they have religious freedom in North Caucasus, but are all different kinds of Islam accepted in the different regions of North Caucasus? Yeah, it's a very good question because, uh, you know, yes, we in theory have uh, a religious freedom, but in different parts of the North Caucasus, different forms of Islam are tolerated. Some forms of Islam are not tolerated and not welcomed. For instance, in 2016, in Dagestan, the new film of uh, Majid Majidi, Muhammad, the Messenger of Islam, of Allah, was um, screened and everywhere in Dagestan. The film is Shiai, based on Shiai sources. Uh, and in the neighboring Chechnya, in the neighboring Chechen Republic, 
they didn't tolerate it and uh, even the uh, local mufti Salah Mejiv issued uh, some kind of fatwa against Shia Islam mm. <laughs> and he said that uh, no Shiism is allowed here in Chechnya and it is not tolerated here. In his research, Ahmed talks about official and non-official structures of Islam. It's easy to think that the official structures might have something to do with the government, but that's not necessarily the case. It's, it's more what is present in local uh, spiritual board of Muslims, mm-hmm. because every region in the North Caucasus have their own spiritual board of Muslims. Uh, so they are presenting their own version of Islam. Uh, so, uh, but we have in the North Caucasus a lot of, you know, youth groups, for instance, who are not the followers of that kind of Islam, which present by the spiritual board. Mm. So they are forming their unofficial, you know, networks mm. and uh, they have their own leaders and the leaders of, of unofficial Islam sometimes are more influential rather than the official you know, yeah. leaders, yeah. official imams in Dagestani village. Ahmed explains Agvali. that in the Dagestani village of Agvali, there recently had a conflict between the official spiritual board of Dagestan and a group of locals who were against the appointed imam. The locals protested and selected their own imam for that village. But it's not only on a local level that this happens. Influence from religious boards all the way from Moscow has found its way to the North Caucasus. Uh, the uh, official Islam from the uh, central part of Russia, from Moscow, for instance, also is trying to affect here in Dagestan. For instance, in Kizlar, it's uh, the very big city in the northern part of Dagestan. The, the Muslim uh, community in Kizlar decided to join other spiritual board from Moscow mm. and it was kind of protest against you know uh, the influence of Sufism from the spiritual board of Dagestan mm. so it's very complicated yeah it's, <laughs> yeah yeah and sometimes official Islam might be you know uh, against official Islam that we be, because we have uh, a lot of versions of official yeah. Islam and and when we talk about non-official uh, Islam structures, where where does this come from? Like where uh, what are they influenced by? Uh, yeah, they have uh, a lot of places uh, of influence. Uh, for instance, uh, some of uh, Salafi networks have influence from the Saudi Arabia. Mm. We have a very influential sheikh from Saudi Arabia, Salman Al Aouda. Uh, who is not in favor in Saudi Arabia, mm. but he is very popular in the North Caucasus. Okay. Mm. Uh, yeah, and uh, uh, we have uh, a lot of very interesting uh, new groups. For instance, the new group of Shia Muslims in the North Caucasus who converted from Sunnism. So we we have uh, very uh, you know big influences from the uh, Kingdom of Saudi Arabia from Iran from other parts of the uh, Middle East. 
so it's yeah a different from different places influences yeah. came from so there are there's a lot of forces from a lot of different sides here affecting islam uh in north caucasus and and what will this mean for the people here people here uh you know have uh, freedom of choice you know sometimes they are uh in the same way like the spiritual board but uh they feel that it's not good for them to follow the spiritual board and they are choosing the other current of islam uh or madhab or something like that and it's it's sometimes the way to show their protest even for instance i i said about uh, the the Kislar community of Muslims, so uh, that was the way to uh, show their protest. But they keep it in an official way, changing the official, you know, affiliation, mm. because they don't want to be like non-official Wahhabis, because Wahhabi is very not good. It's yeah, it's uh, like you know, you are becoming. Uh, the criminal you know mm. <laughs> so they don't want to be criminals but they want to show their protests so they are just changing the affiliation yeah yeah so it's a way of of silent protest almost yes yeah. not so silent but uh, in in you know in uh, official way <laughs> yeah 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 you have of course traveled a lot to the different regions of of North Caucasus and you have met the people. Um, so what is it like for Muslims and especially maybe young Muslims uh, in this area to sort of navigate through all of these external and internal conflict with, of interests in regard to their religion? Muslim youth, they have now a lot more freedom. Yes, they are going to the same mosque and they are gathering on Friday to collective, you know, prayer and so on. But they have their own leaders, sometimes outside of Russia even. And it is very interesting to see how uh, the real uh, Jamaats, Muslim uh, communities, are becoming split between these, you know, networks, influencing from other parts of Russia or even from abroad. And we, we, we should say that uh, the vast majority of Muslims in the North Caucasus, they want peace for their you know, homeland. They want uh, it to be more developed, the better place to show their own you know, political views. Because the Islamic religion is the basic of their uh, you know, ethnic and other identities. Sometimes they have only this tool mm. to show their own, you know, views. I think that it's more productive to listen to them, not to blaming them as terrorists and so on. But uh, I think that um, uh, a, a vast majority of the Muslims in the North Caucasus, they are peaceful people uh, seeking the better life for them. Based on Ahmed's stories, 
It's fair to say that the North Caucasus is an area where there's a lot of things happening in the different Muslim communities. But I wonder how Ahmed sees the future for these people. Yeah, it's uh, very difficult <laughs> uh, for me to picture the, the future because I think that uh, the picture of Islam uh, in the North Caucasus will become more mosaic. Yeah, it seems that uh, we will keep having influences from elsewhere. And uh, I think that uh, we will have also influences from uh, what happened in Afghanistan, for instance, uh, because, you know, Taliban is the Hanafi movement, as uh, the uh, majority of Muslims in the North Caucasus are also Hanafis. We have a lot of problems in the North Caucasus with, uh, you know, corruption, with uh, economic, with other things and even with uh, showing their political views, I think that Islam will be more and more used for showing this protest, and it, it will more and more used as a tool for this. And it is uh, very you know, important to keep it in a peaceful way. Mm. So that will be, I think that that will be the, the most thing Muslims in the North Caucasus should think about. You have listened to an episode of the Newbie Podcast. This episode was made in collaboration with the Norwegian Russia Network. And hey, remember to subscribe to our channel if you want to learn more about international topics.